Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Don't get scared. You still got another hour of pure home happiness with us at Rosie on the House. We only talk about things everyone loves, you and your home. How can you beat that? You're tired of listening to all that other national and local news that drags you down, beats you up, and throws you in the gutter? Just forget about it. You're in my house. Let's be happy and talk about you and your home. We do that by you dialing one 767 Tim, who is a first-time caller, who's called. We're going to take his call here in just a minute. We are here to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And the best thing you can do for any newcomer to Arizona or new homeowner is make sure they know about Rosie on the House. We're here to serve you, the Arizona homeowner. So why don't we go to Tom? who's been waiting very patiently, especially because he is a first-time caller to the show. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Thank you for taking my phone call. Well, thank you for your patience, my man. What's your question, buddy? I have a question regarding flooring. Okay. Uh, We're going to replace our current tile flooring, probably a little over 1,000 square feet. Uh, Originally, what we were thinking of doing is tile planks. Uh, My wife and I... um, we want to get away from grout, so we've actually changed our mind. And too, also, I'd like to add that uh, ripping up the current tile, uh, we both work from home, it would be a disaster. We would probably okay. have to leave or pay an exorbitant amount of money to have it removed and do it cleanly. Okay. So we were actually thinking about doing um, uh, tile, or uh, excuse me, uh, hardwood planks or even vinyl plank okay. uh, floating on top of our current tile. I wanted to get your opinion on that. And are you, is this a project you're trying to do yourself? No, we actually have a contractor that uh, uh, would be doing that for us. Okay, good. Well, I would want who's ever going to install it to take a look at the condition of the existing tile. We want to make sure uh, there aren't any subsurface cracks that are telegraphing through the tile. If there are, we need to figure out why they're there and do they need to be addressed before we put anything over the top. We need to take a look at the undulations between the existing tile and the grout line. How much of the undulation could possibly transfer through to the surface of the vinyl? I would want to take a good hard look at that. Uh, We can lay vinyl over the top of several flooring products. But if it's got an uneven surface to it at all, just know in time that will transfer through to whatever you're putting on top of it. I can tell you this, that uh, in our remodeling company, we only use, uh, or or we prefer to use, a dust-free tile removal company. They charge us $2.75 a square foot. Uh, If you're interested, I can make arrangements for them to get in touch with you and I will have them perform the job at our contractor's cost, not retail value. That's going to save you about 30%. It really does 
remove all the tile with less than a tablespoon of dust for a thousand square feet. It's an incredible process. Whatever contractor you've already selected to do the job, you follow their recommendations, but you make sure they understand your expectations. You don't want to lay down a six, a eight, or a $10 square foot luxury vinyl tile wood plank, and then in two years, have it showing all the underlying grout undulations of the tile they laid over the top of. So proceed with your contractor. Make sure they are licensed, bonded, and insured. And thank you for being a first-time listener. Do you have a Rosie on the House homeowner handbook calendar? I do not. Okay, I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to get your address, and you you will now get that calendar. And thanks for calling. I hope that information helps. If you've got the licensed bonded contractor selected, they're the ones that are going to be responsible for your long-term happiness. Make sure they understand your expectations and make sure you're very clear with them about what you want. Go ahead, Ron. Yeah, go they're, to- they're lining up, baby. Let's take them. Julie's next on the line. Welcome to the broadcast. How may we help you? Good morning. I always enjoy your show. Um, I had a question for you. You were talking earlier about trying to find a block home. Well, mine, I live in Glendale. Mine is a frame home. It was built in 83. And I've been wanting to do, I'm doing upgrades slowly. I've been wanting to do something about uh, more energy efficient siding. And I wasn't sure how to go about that, having frame. Oh, there, there, there are lots of options. Julie, um, the home was built in 83. Now, how long have you been in it? 94. Just 94. So you've, 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 you've experienced the life of, of, of what you've had to do to keep the home up. There are lots of things. There are lots of things we can do. Uh, let's, let's start, Julie. Have you had a whole house energy audit done yet? Um, no, I have not. I did recently uh, have the blown-in insulation put in and had gotten a new air conditioner. It's been about a year and a half ago that okay. I did all that. Okay. And and how many square feet is the home? It's about, um, I want to say it's about 17, 18. And you're a year-round resident? I am. And how many people live in the house? Just myself. And does it have a swimming pool? No. Is it all electric? Yeah. What temperature do you keep it in the middle of the summer? Um, usually, I try to go with eighty. Yeah. Well, you're probably not spending. You're probably not spending more than one hundred and forty dollars a month in the middle of the summer on your electric bill, are you? No, not usually. Except yeah. you know, for this last summer. Yeah. Well, you're, you're doing incredibly well, and I just want to warn you that you aren't going to get that bill much lower than you've already got it, no matter how much you spend. But I will do this. I will come to the house. We'll visit. We'll take a look at it, and I will grant you a free whole house energy audit. So stay online, and I'll bring you a calendar. Uh, stay online. We'll get the appointment information made. 
will get you a whole house energy audit made. You've got to do that first before you spend another dime trying to squeeze out energy from your home. Mike's next on the line. Welcome to the program. How may we help you? Hey, Rosie. Quick question. So I'm in McCormick Ranch. Got one of those uh, all brick houses built in the, in the mid 70s. And, um, you know, the problem, it seems like we've got really smelly drains. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know why that is. It seems like about all of them, but especially in the bathrooms, it's just a real foul odor. And just wondering if you had any tips on what, what you know, something I could do to maybe treat that. Does this have a peaked roof or is it a flat roof home? It's got a it's got a peak. It's got a slope it. to it. Okay. That's called a ridge line. The top of that peak is a ridge line. Does that ridge line run north and south or east and west? So the ridge line then would go north and south. Okay. And on the uh north, okay, so on the east side of the roof, are there any plumbing vents sticking out of the roof? You know what? I'm not at the house right now. I'll have to uh, check on that. Okay. The first, the first thing I would have you do is if you have any plumbing vents penetrating your roof on a sloped roof on the east side of the house or the north side of the house, I would tell you to go buy some ABS pipe, four-inch ABS pipe, and extend all your vents two feet higher than they currently are and see if the problem solves itself. That's that's a $10 solution if you feel comfortable climbing on a ladder and walking on your roof. It's a it's a $100 solution if you need to hire somebody to come do it. It takes all of about 15 minutes to take care of the whole problem. That very well may be all you need to do. You need to get the plumbing vent, the methane gas up high enough above the roof that it carries the odor away. If that's not the problem, Jennifer, what's the product? Uh, he's not on a septic system. He's on, he's on sewer in McCormick Ranch. What's the product we use at home in our plumbing drains? BioClean. BioClean is an enzyme that actually eats the protein in your soil lines that are causing the stink. And where are you buying that, Jennifer? I had to just get it off the internet last time. Sometimes some different plumbers will carry it. Okay. Uh, but you just you put it in at nighttime or when you're going to be away for a little while, you know, a couple of days, it's perfect. Uh, it has to kind of sit in there. And you just do, treat them once a month, you know, pour it down your kitchen sink and your toilets and your tubs. And I probably scared him half to death because I told him you and I just spent a bunch of money on our pipes. <laughs> but we have septic. It's a little well, different. Well, we have a 60-year-old <laughs> home yeah. uh, that is that uses a septic tank. And we, we actually had to recently line uh, our, our waste lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we, we've, we've got an employee we call the nose. Uh, we'll get the nose over to your house, sniff it out, take a look at the orientation of the home, Take a look at the plumbing fixtures uh, and give you some very distinct recommendations that'll be little to no cost. So save his phone number. That's a follow-up for me to do next week. We'll get by Mike's house with the nose and uh, sort him out. Because that that is kind of a 
a very aggravating. Especially you don't want to live with that in your home. Especially when you want to invite guests over. <laughs> uh, well, you've got to always explain it away. Like I don't know where that came from. <laughs> you can't blame it on the dog every time. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Arizona homeowners, to Rosie on the House. Thanks for tuning in. We're here to try and help you out any way we can around your house, home, castle, or cabin. It's our goal to become your best friend. And we do that by answering questions all week long, not only here on the show Saturday mornings, but all week long, questions that y'all send us through the internet machine. Gary, what is the what's the internet mailbox have a, allow for us this week? It's amazing how many questions we get through the internet machine. Oh, because man. if we were to answer every one of them, we'd be on the air for twelve hours today yeah. and then another twelve tomorrow. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> and then when you take a look at all the questions we've been asked over all the years, uh, is that website rosieonthehouse.com is like an encyclopedia to questions we've been asked about Arizona homes. For 33 years. A few weeks ago, you talked about the paintbrush and how long it would last. (laughs) Wait, I got to tell you this. I had a friend text me, and he said, you got to be kidding. That's the most asked question of the week. People want to know how paintbrushes (laughs) will last. You went into detail, okay? Yeah. After he heard it, I get a text going, I stand corrected. (laughs) He said, I I learned so much about paintbrushes and whatnot. And can you remember the one you've had for, is it 30 years that yeah. you still use? Yeah. What's it's the- a two and a half inch. It's my favorite paintbrush. Mm-hmm. Two and a half inch tapered Purdy with an eight inch handle. Nice. Yeah. And I've, Purdy is the name brand? It is the name brand. Wow. P-U-R-D-Y. Okay. I'm getting one. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a wood handled. Uh, uh, that was uh, one of the first nylon bristle brushes I ever bought. Back when I learned to paint, we used the... Uh, natural hair bristle because mm-hmm. it was all oil-based paint back then and then when i was a kid i was painting models you know airplanes yeah, and sure. cars like yeah. that with camel hair brushes yeah that's right yeah they didn't last very long <laughs> <laughs> so the most asked question of the week on the internet machine what size grab bar is best for the bathroom oh that's a loaded question that's like how big's a dog <laughs> <laughs> I think can a dog use a grab bar? Yeah, 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 man. Um, I think when I visit with homeowners about accessorizing their bathroom with uh, grab bars, uh, one, they're always surprised that they don't quite look as institutional as they once did. You really can get some stylish-looking grab bars that don't make your residential bathroom look like. A hospital bathroom. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that surprises a lot of people, that they really can be obtained in a myriad of different finishes and a myriad of different sizes. If someone's going to do it themselves, I would tell them to get a Franklin stud finder and locate where all the studs are behind your tile shower wall. That's really critical. Can I give a shameless plug here? It's on the e-store at rosieonthehouse.com. There you go. There you go. It's the stud stud finder. finder. It's the stud finder we like the best. And don't get your mind set on running it perfectly horizontal because you. it's more important that that grab bar be mounted to something significantly 
strong, like the stud skeleton behind the wall. You don't want to be holding that thing up simply with the drywall, the mud bed, and the ceramic tile. So find the studs, and that may mean your 18-inch grab bar is going to have to be put at a slight slope to get to the 16-inch spacing that the studs are. And that's okay. It's much more important that it's anchored properly. So take a look at how you're going to access that tub and where would be the first place you're going to want to grab. Sometimes we put them vertically right there at the entrance where you can grab a bar, step over the tub wall or step over the shower threshold, get into the tub, and then we have one at an angle on the far wall that someone then can grab if they're going to raise one leg and put it on the shelf and shave their legs or just to steady themselves while they shower. So what size to get? There's no limit to what sizes you can get. You can get them straight. You can get them built at a 90-degree curve to go around the inside of a corner. Uh, The important thing is, whatever size you decide, strategically think about where you want to put it, and then make darn tootin' sure it's anchored to a stud. If you're using a uh, cordless drill, you set that drill on the maximum torque setting it has, and you don't stop putting that screw in until that torque setting stops the drill. If that screw's still spinning, you've gone all the way through the tile, you've gone all the way through the mud, <laughs> you've gone all the way through the sheetrock, and it hasn't bitten into anything. And the other little tip is when you drill into ceramic tile, make sure you've got a ceramic tile bit so that you're yeah. not fracturing the ceramic tile. And what I always do is I cheat. I, I go with a really small one, as small as an eighth inch, and I use it like a pilot hole. And I just drill it. I make sure I don't crack the surface of the tile. Mm-hmm. And then I go in with a five sixteenths and open it up a little bit so that I can put that quarter inch screw, lag screw, five sixteenths lag screw in to anchor it to that solid stud. So there's a there's a couple tips. I don't know if that really answers their question of what size is the best, but those are all the considerations you need to think through. And, and when I uh, have stayed at hotels in the past, especially some of the resorts here, every one of the showers have grab bars. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you go. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Yeah, uh, grab bars are no longer something that ages a bathroom. We're putting them in virtually every bathroom we do right now. Thank you, Arizona, from Sanderson Ford. Their 66th anniversary sale was a huge success, a monster success. And thanks for your support for lifting Sanderson Ford to number one in both sales and customer service for the past five months in a row. And we've got seven more to go to keep them number one for a solid year. June is winding down. If car buying is on your to-do this weekend, 
Got to be on Saturday, Sanderson Ford, never open on Sunday. This sale was so successful, Sanderson Ford took in hundreds and hundreds of quality trade-ins of most makes and models. Now, all these certified pre-owned vehicles have been marked down with clearance pricing. They have great selections starting at just under ten grand. If you're looking for a new SUV, get 1.9% financing for 60 months on approved credit. For the Escape, Edge and Explore plus plus up to two grand trade assist. Again, thank you, Arizona, from the family at Sanderson Ford. 51st Avenue in Maryland, just south of Glendale in Glendale. Segment number three here in our 10 o'clock hour. This is where we cover our weekly to-do. And if you're following along in the home maintenance calendar, it's a little different than what's printed. We have Backyard Oasis uh, scheduled for June 19th. And although what we're going to cover today is backyard related, it really ties in better to what you'll see September 4th on pool covers. You know, we print these calendars over a year ago. So schedules change and things line up. And if you heard the first hour when we were talking with Jay Harper in our outdoor living hour, the theme was water and surviving the desert and you know being water savvy water wise this this pool cover that we're going to talk about is actually a permanent pool cover to retire your pool we've got mike buckles in from deck over to join the conversation about uh if you've got a pool that's hasn't been used in let's say maybe five years say maybe two years say maybe even just last year and it's just sitting there doing nothing we're deck over amen deck it over we uh, we talk to people all the time, and we say, how many times have you used your pool? And we'll get answers like maybe once last summer uh, when the grandkids come over, uh, that kind of thing. And when you calculate that it costs, in the average, 2500 to $3,000 a year to keep a pool alive and clean and well-maintained. Um, that's a that's pretty a expensive pretty play expensive date. pretty expensive <laughs> play date, absolutely. Right. And so – Talk about the process of Deckover because uh, it's a little bit more technical. Jeff, uh, the founder and uh, developer of this, he's got patents on the process, um, different styles. We've got pool layouts that can have uh, rock features to go around. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little bit more technical and in-depth than just a deck. Yes, it is. Absolutely. It's not as simple as you might think, just slapping some uh, plywood over some two-by-fours spanning a hole. It's much, much more than that. Uh, We have developed some proprietary processes and some uh, um, hardware. Uh, Pools are not usually straight lines, lots of curves and funny shapes. And our intention is to put a deck that is at the same elevation as your walk-off cool decking. No trips, no steps. No trips, no steps up, no steps down. It's at the same level, so you can walk straight off of your deck on your existing deck onto a a deck over. So we suspend the deck uh, using the walls of the pool to support it. And we use um, uh, standard construction methods to build a deck. It's basically two by 12s and two by eights as joists uh, spaced in order to give us the kind of support that we need. And essentially, it'll give you the same support as the second floor of a house. Um, You can dance on it. You can uh, have a party. 100 people (laughs) running around on it, you'll be fine. Um, And it also, uh, because it's covered with a a long-lasting material, you're going to get 25 to 30 years use out of it with very, very little maintenance. 
But it's reversible, so it can be uh, taken away, and the pool can be revived down the road somewhere if someone wants it. Which answers the question a lot of people, I'm sure, asking, why wouldn't I just fill it in? Well, Well, this way you can bring it back, or if you go to sell it and the buyer has a young family, kids, and they're looking for a pool, well, you you don't take yourself out of that potential homebuyer market because you you filled it in. Plus, uh, it's it's filling it in. We may not have the access to get in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to have a permit. You got to do a lot of demo because you can't. Right. The the water has to be able to drain. You can't just put dirt no, in. You can't just um, start hauling dirt in and filling your pool. That just doesn't work. Um, yeah, and this this doesn't disturb the existing landscape as well. So you don't have to re landscape once you have dug your pool up and filled it in. Um, so from that standpoint, the costs are very much the same, but ours gives you the alternative of bringing the pool back. And in the meantime, you can use the space underneath for storage. And when you talked about uh, long-lasting material, deck, you know, we think wood, well, y'all use uh, for the, the top product is... Uh, is a composite material. It's, so a, it's a man-made material, but it's a green material. It's a recycled uh, wood and plastic um, that has a 25-year warranty and a faded stain warranty as well, so it'll stay color fast. You don't have to restain. You don't have to to um, worry about splinters in your feet five years down the road, um, and it's going. It will last. And because it doesn't dry out like wood, you don't get the nail popping that That's a lot right. of decks will get That's over right. time as the wood dries out uh, and the and the boards actually physically changing shape That's and right. the nails lose its, its grip. So. Right. It's got a very long-term uh, goal, and if you've got a pool service, uh, if you're not using it and you want to retire it, that saves you the cost of you know, your, the pool service company or your time to do it. Pools are very maintenance-heavy. They are indeed. And, and very takes- wasteful because the, uh, the sun evaporates water very quickly here in Arizona. People don't realize it, but most, most modern pools have, have a self-leveler, which is essentially a toilet float. And it's just like the biggest toilet you've ever thought of continually running. <laughs> so you really, really waste a whole lot of water. And in the desert, that's a big issue these days. For anyone thinking, well, why don't I just drain it or just leave it filled with water and not do any maintenance and just not use it? Uh, it unfortunately isn't quite that easy. If you leave it, it's going to turn green really quick. Sure I is. remember uh, two or three years ago, uh, it was a pretty big story out of Glendale. Somebody had just left their pool alone. It was a pest control company that had been called in by neighbors down the street to figure out this mosquito problem. At that point, it's really expensive to bring it back. Then if you drain it, that creates other problems. It certainly does. If you drain your pool and your insurance company hears about it, they're going to send you a letter asking that you either fill the pool with water, remove the pool, or in some way cover it so that you don't have the liability of an empty cement hole in your backyard. Um, People are usually surprised when they get that kind of letter, but we hear people contact us all the time who have been notified by their insurance company that they have to do something about that pool that's empty in the backyard, and they've emptied it because they don't want to pay for maintenance any longer. So we simply put a deck over it, and everybody's happy. So if you're looking at your pool and... You're thinking, why do I even have this? Or options to retiring it. Uh, Deckover's been a part of Rosie on the House for over a decade. And I don't know how many of our listeners 
uh, pools y'all have helped retire. Uh, but the the feedback is always uh, very positive. The amount of space, the usable space that this creates, especially when we're taking down, if they've got a pool fence, mm-hmm. uh, right. how much bigger it makes the yard removing that. One of the most common comments we have after uh, meeting with a client a few months later, wow, we don't we use our backyard so much more than we ever did when the pool was there. They were avoiding it most of the time, except when they had a party or the grandkids came or whatever. So this is a, a great way to turn your backyard in fr- away from uh, a waste, a place that wastes water, costs money. Sp- you spend a lot of time doing maintenance on it, and instead you've got an enjoyable, relaxing, quiet place to spend your evenings. We, uh, we have been part of Rosie on the House for a very long time and love the uh, partnership. <clears throat> and we love our Rosie customers, and we would like to offer $1,000 to any anyone who calls and orders a deck. We'll give you $1,000 off your free quote, no cost to check in with us. We'd be happy to talk with you, tell you more about our process, uh, spend some time getting acquainted and giving you uh, an option to that costly pool that you have in your backyard, and we'll give you $1,000 off your, your bill. And I don't want to use numbers on the air because people will always remember the low side of the number mm-hmm. um, and think that, okay, I'm going to get it for that. But then you get on site, and instead of three radiuses on a pool, this guy's got nine mm-hmm. radiuses. Right. He's got boulders built into the deck that you know have to be measured for the, the size, the area, the volume. So it's, it's very hard to put uh, a number – you know, what a thousand dollars off? Okay, is that a thousand dollars off a five thousand dollar investment mm-hmm. or a ten thousand dollar investment or a twenty thousand dollar investment? You know, you can call get uh, get deck Abs- over to measure it. That's right. It. We we don't even quote numbers until we see the deck because every single one of them is a is a um, custom. specific custom uh, process, um, and I can't even give you an average per square foot because if if you do have a a rock waterfall that uh, takes a little longer to cut up to. So there's just lots of variables, but we're more than happy to speak with you to give you a good idea of what costs are. Um, And we can do that either over the phone with some rough idea of estimates and then follow that up with a visit and a a free written quote. All right. If you're not using your pool, save yourself time, water, and money. Deck it over. Amen. And you can find Deck Over at Rosie on the house under the pool cover and retirement category. Or, Mike, you got a number? Deckover.com is our website, and our phone number is 602-331-1835. So there's your weekly to-do if you're trying to retire your pool, get an estimate, and figure out if Deck Over works for you. Kenny in Phoenix has a question. Let's see if we can help him out. Good morning, Kenny. Hey, good morning, Rosie. How are you, buddy? Very good, bud. How can we help you? Hey, I got a, one of those conventional-style ranch homes with stucco siding and pop-outs on it, okay? Okay. When we do get rain, I got a problem on, on the eaves where they drop down, um, where, the, where, the peak, where the pitch comes down into the, and makes a little V, then it runs off the house. So I got a low spot of land right there, and um, I get a lot of water buildup. So I'm going to gutter it, but I'm having a difficult time trying to figure out what type of screws to put through that pop out all the way into the if there's a header board in there or not okay so you have the santa barbara style stucco home where the stucco actually comes up right to the drip edge 
Yep. And you're wondering how to anchor to that. Yep. Okay. There, there is a solid anchoring member there. That's how they wrapped the stucco up to the bottom of the roof deck. You can find it. I would tell you, just take a long, small uh, drill bit. I would take a long six or eight inch, eighth inch drill bit, and I would just probe the area so you could identify where that framing member stops. It's usually going to be about three and a half to five and a half inches below the tile line. Should be solid. You should have plenty to anchor to there. And what I would do is I would probably take the nail through the gutter and you've got a little ferrule sleeve that's going to hold the gutter apart and i would tap it i'd mark the spot then i'd go ahead and drill that spot and i would fill that with caulk and then i would finish driving that gutter retaining nail through that and you ought to, you ought to be all set you you don't want any exposed stucco between your drip edge and the start of your gutter so Force that gutter up in behind that thing. Welcome back to Rosie on the House. Yes, the summer solstice begins tomorrow night at 8.31 p.m. officially, and the first full day of summer is on Monday. Now, there are a couple of positives about this first day of summer we can look at. They may not help the heat situation much, but just something to think about. The forecast for Monday is only 110 for a high. Yeah, it's still hot, but it ain't 117 or 118, so keep our fingers crossed. The other thing is what Jay Harper, our garden expert, has a, uh, a shining light when it comes to the summer solstice. Think about this. From here on in, the sunsets will begin earlier. Now, we won't notice it till about September, but it's something to look forward to. And to all those dads, granddads, and great-granddads, tomorrow, Father's Day, have a terrific day. Stay cool. Greg is calling from Scottsdale. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Rosie. Um, Thanks for taking my call. What are you trying to um, do? My wife uh, doesn't like to wear the parka uh, around (laughs) in June. Uh, And so I can't get it down as cold as I'd like to have it. And our house is not as efficient as yours and so it doesn't coast i don't like being as warm as it is you know at the end of the period um so uh, there is a room where i tend to spend a lot of the time um particularly now working from home yeah um my question is is there an efficient way to address you know kind of that room with a you know a small ac or uh you know i've heard you talk in the past about mini splits uh, I don't know if they're applicable to a room that small kind of thing. Um, what what so size is it? Is it is it just uh, a bedroom? Know, is it going to become one of those monsters that you don't dare run during the the on uh, off peak hours? Well, you, uh, no. Uh, first thing you need to know is a mini split efficiency rating is almost twice what other air conditioners are. Even the most efficient air conditioner, the SEER rating. If you're familiar with SEER rating. In a central system, uh, you can pretty well buy 16, pretty easy, 18. You can go up to 20, 22, 24, spending a lot of extra money. The SEER rating on most of the ductless mini splits are well above the mid-30s, approaching 40. So they're so efficient. Uh, I will tell you that if you put the mini split in that one bedroom, your wife's probably going to be happy turning that room into your icebox, 
she can turn the circulating fan on in the central air system and she'll probably be comfortable in the rest of the house with that little bitty unit doing 90% of the work. Now, uh, cost-wise, what are I'm not familiar with many splits. What are we looking at, ballpark? Depending on how far you are from the electric panel and how far they have to run the homeroom circuit, and the, assuming your service entrance panel is large enough to put this breaker in and you don't have to upsize your electric panel, you're going to be looking about four to $6,000. Oh, okay. That's a reasonable upgrade. Yes, and there they are hardy machines. We've had a mini split at the studio for years. I'm going to say twelve years, if not longer. And that was like when they're first being brought onto the market. They're only better now than they were then. And and and, and it is set up for a room the size of a bedroom, and it's been running for twelve years. And baby, that's where all of our broadcast equipment is. And. Uh, a lot of uh, electronic heat in there. Man, I, that baby's down at about mid-60s year-round, and the only time it goes up is usually when Gary walks in, he cheats it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, what, a 10 by 10 or a 12 by 12? Yeah, room? yeah, that's just a little I, bit of I room. tell you, he's going to bring his, his meat into his room uh, yeah. because that, that it gets that cold that quick, but, even in the middle but of But in that building, many times I'll have the mini-cooler on in your room, in your broadcast studio, I'll turn the central air system on and just let it circulate, and that little bit of unit keeps everybody in the whole house comfortable, operating at the highest possible sear rating on the globe. So I think you'll be real happy, Greg. Go to rosieonthehouse.com. Find yourself a Rosie certified air conditioning contractor in your neck of the woods. And and if, if you'd like me to do a further analysis, there might be other ways we could address this without you having to spend that much money. And I'd be happy to do that with you. If you'd call us during the week, we could visit or send me an email at info at rosieonthehouse.com. Put today's date in it so the people that see those will know it's something we talked about on air. And you won't get lost in the hundreds of emails that we take care of every week. No, John. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Appreciate your services and all you do. Listen, uh, my daughter bought a house uh, a couple of months ago on the east side here in Tucson, and she went through the realtor, through the house inspection and all, and uh, she noticed about four days ago there was a funny noise popping in the house when she took a shower. And anyway, I told her to go in the hallway and open up the door and see if that hot water heater is talking to her. And sure enough, the sound was coming from the hot water heater. The hot water water heater was put in three years ago. I contacted the realtor, and the realtor said that the seller said that he drained it only once. Uh, My question to you is, I'm going to go over there this afternoon, and I'm going to drain it. Okay. And see how much settlement comes out of it. But do you think possibly uh, is damaged? Or what do you think from your experience? I'd do exactly what you're thinking about doing and see if that doesn't solve it. Because if there is some sediment buildup, that can be causing the noise. Make sure the temperature isn't set too high. That, too, can cause a lot of noise if the thermostat is maxed out. So check those two things. And I'm guessing that'll probably eliminate the problem. That would be exactly my plan of attack. 